bless the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless his name. Let your voice of thanksgiving reach him. Thank him. Thank him. Say, Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Blessed be God forever. Thank you. Thank you. We so much thank you for what you're doing. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Now, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our justification by faith gave us peace with God. And that is what we're going to thank God for. And I began to start, that is, we were once enemies. We were once an enemy of God. But because we placed our faith in Jesus, we now had peace with God. And I began to check what God does to his enemies. There are no things that you would want to hear. Praise the Lord. Therefore, let us thank him. That those things that he would do to an enemy, he won't do to us. Because we have peace with him. Because our faith is in Christ Jesus. We pray, oh, let's arise, oh Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. You are not part of those enemies. Not because of your works, but because you have been justified by faith. Because you have placed your faith in Christ. Therefore, go ahead and say, Lord, thank you because I have peace with you. Oh, go ahead, bless the name of the Lord. You have peace with God. The wrath of God is not falling on you. You are not his enemy. No, you are not his enemy. Uh, not because you did any work, but because you placed your faith in Christ. Brethren, can you go ahead and give the Lord thanks for that? And say, Lord, I thank you. Because my faith in Christ, not because of any work, just because for the fact that I have my faith in Christ, oh, I have peace with you. Oh, that gives me joy. That gives me joy. It gives me joy. Uh, you need to go and study what the Lord does to his enemies. But you are not part of that. those. No, you have peace with God. You have peace with God because you have been justified by faith. You have placed your faith in Christ Jesus. That is why you have peace with God. Can you go ahead and thank the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you because I have peace with you. I thank you because I have peace with you. Bless the name of the Lord for that. Bless the Lord for that. Say, Lord, I thank you because I have peace with you. Oh, I have peace with you. Let that excite you. Let it excite you. It excited me when I saw that. That I have peace with God. Not because of my work, but because I have been, I, I have been justified by faith. By placing my faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, you have peace with God. You are not an enemy of God, brethren. You are not an enemy of God. When the wrath of God falls, it's not going to fall on you. Because your faith is in Christ Jesus. Let's give him thanks for that. Let's give him thanks for that. And say, Lord, we bless your name. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These are the things we thank you for. These are the things we, David said, forget not his benefits. And one of the benefits he outlined there is that he has forgiven us our sins. He has. He has. He has. Bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. The God of the heaven and earth, we thank you. Thank you because our faith is in you. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. But I'm still going to take about two more prayer points. You know, I read something that was posted on, um, was it on WhatsApp. I really can't remember, but, but, but it blessed me about um, Zach Ponen. And if you've, um, I mean, I know a lot of us must have experienced that. And he said every time he flies, he uses the aircraft that he gets to some certain heights and he begins to see things on earth as, you know, very small, like dust. And he said, that is how it is when we go higher with God. That is how it is when we go deeper with our relationship with Jesus. You know, there was a time pastor raised the prayer point here that the Lord will help us see things from above. Amen. And that prayer is still relevant. He said, as you go higher with God, just the same way when you're inside the aircraft, you go higher. You see things. They are very, very small. You see, no matter how much the house costs, looks small. No matter how that car costs, it looks like dust. One small thing, you know. He said, as you go higher with God, that is how material things will be to you. They look so irrelevant. They look so insignificant. They don't mean anything to you. Therefore, we're going to pray. And if you see things like that, you won't pursue them. They will pursue you. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And those things that look like dust as you go higher with him will be added to you. Therefore, let us pray and say, Lord, help me to see things from above. In the name of Jesus, help me to see with your eyes. Uh, Let's pray that prayer. Help me to see, Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to see with your eyes. With the way you see things. Help me to see things like that. Especially, whatever. Let that be your prayer. Let that be your prayer. Help me to see things from above. Help me to see things from above. Help me to see situations from above. Indirectly, what we're praying is open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. Can you pray that prayer? Help me to see things from above. Help me to see with the eyes of Jesus. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer for yourself. Lord, help me to see with the eyes of the Lord. Can you pray this evening? Remember, our focus is Jesus. And anything that would make that focus blood, that vision blood, we're praying that the Lord would take it away and would make it clear. Would make that vision of, of that our focus clear. Pray for yourself. And say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in my life, in my walk with you, help me to see things the way you see them. Help my focus to be on you. Help me to see things the way you see them. Help me to see situations the way you see those situations. Help me to understand the way you want me to. Help me to understand the way you want me to. I don't want to make judgments based on my own understandings. I don't want to make decisions based on my own understandings. I want to judge like you. I want to see like you see. In the name of Jesus, I want to judge situations like you would have judged that situation. I want to make decisions from your point of view. Brethren, pray for yourself this evening. Pray for yourself. Help me to see from above. Help me to see from above. Fill me with wisdom and understanding. Pray that prayer and say, Lord, fill me with wisdom. Fill me with wisdom and understanding. As I walk with you, Lord, fill me with wisdom. Fill me with understanding. With wisdom and understanding. We gave you praise. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now begin to ask the Lord finally that the Lord will speak to you today. That the Lord will send his word to you today. There's a word for you. There's a word that the Lord has prepared for you. He knew you were coming. And because you're a righteous man, I believe he ordered your steps. He ordered your steps. Planned your day and said you end here today. That you will come here today. Therefore, ask and say, Lord, that word that you have kept for me, that word that you have in mind for me today, my heart is open to receive it. Send your word to me. My heart is prepared. My soul, listen to the word of God. Instruct your soul like David did. Say, my soul, listen. Receive understanding. Receive wisdom. Get instruction. In the name of Jesus, instruct yourself. Say, get instruction this evening. Gain understanding this evening. Receive wisdom. Receive wisdom. Receive wisdom. Receive the fear of God this evening. Receive help this evening. Talk to yourself. Say, receive help. Receive encouragement. Hear that word that the Lord is bringing. I open my spirit to hear that word. That the Lord is sending to me. There's a word I believe he has prepared for me. I believe there's a word he has prepared for me. My soul, receive that word. Receive that word. Receive that word. Receive that word. Oh, begin to give the Lord thanks because indeed he has heard you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. There's a confidence that we have. We're not just opening our mouths to say words. We are sure that the Lord is listening and is paying attention to our requests. Lord, we give you praise forever. Thank you for what you will do today amongst your people. Thank you, Lord, for your word that you're sending to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's quickly take our declaration of understanding. We are going to continue praying, but let's study first and use the words that we will have um, been exhorted by to pray. All right? So quickly, let's uh, declare it. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. And that will be your testimony today in the name of Jesus. Fresh insight will come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord will speak a word to you to move you to the place where you are supposed to be. Make you more effective in life and in ministry. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. All right, the Lord is good. Let's quickly take our seats as we you know, bless somebody beside us. Let's bless one or two people. All right, the Lord is good. Okay, um, our school of prayer for this um, day, this week, let's continue studying how to pray. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint and not to get tired of praying and not to be discouraged. Again, let me remind us of the truth inside that statement. One of them, there are many, there are a number of truths. One is that there will be reason for 
discouragement. There will be reason for discouragement. That's just the way it is. God does not command concerning that which you are not likely to do. Do you understand? This God would never say, thou shalt not walk on the moon. Look, listen, it's not going to be a temptation. Try walk on the moon. You know how difficult it is. Are you getting my point? What he commands you concerning are things that you are likely to do the opposite, you know, easily, or that thing in itself, you are not likely to walk in it naturally. So when he says, men ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying, that tells you getting tired will happen. When he says, men ought always to pray and not to be discouraged, it means discouragement will come when it, in matters of answers to prayer. So bear that in mind. There are many reasons why those things come. There are so many reasons, of course, that's why we keep on teaching. But the summary of it is that we must always pray and not faint. Now, another truth in, in, therein is to let us know that our prayer must be important. And I say a number of truths. One, there will be cause for discouragement. Two, the prayers must be important. If it wasn't important, why will he emphasize it? Please, that's very important for us to bear in mind. If that prayer was not important, why would the Lord emphasize that we must always pray? Now, the natural thing about life is men must always grumble and not pray. Men will always whine and they will not pray. Men will always pass comment on things and they will not pray. And that's what he was warning us against. It's easy to sit down there and pass comments instead of praying. You know, life is about rearranging your priorities. One of the issues about life is to arrange your priorities. Just like dropping something, by the way, in case I miss where I was, remind me that I said we must always pray and not to whine. Do you understand? Okay? Alright, so life is about arranging your priorities. For example, you don't know what you love really until there's competition for time for that thing. Did you hear what I said? For example, if you may see me watching football. If Pastor Frank said he doesn't watch football, look at him now he's watching football. Don't be deceived. It's boredom. <laughs> Don't be deceived. I was sitting down on my own. Then television came on, tuned itself to a sporting channel, and then they are playing a game. And really, the game is interesting. I said, oh, hey, Ronaldo. Is anybody like Ronaldo still playing? There have been so many Ronaldos in my life. You know, They keep on changing their names, all right? He said, oh, Ronaldo, kick. Yeah, kick, kick, kick to Bebeto and kick to Romario. <laughs> I said that on deliberate. I wanted you to laugh. He said, hey, he's talking about Bebeto. <laughs> <laughs> As I do for you to know which time I watch football really last. The time I was, <coughs> I was watching football, the Betos were still playing. Are you getting my point? Those days, the JJ coaches were still bobbling. You know, Namdi, sorry, I said Namdi Kanu. No, that one, <laughs> that one will be a friend leader. <laughs> sorry, it's Kanu one complaint to say. <laughs> you know, now those sort of guys are still playing. So, now, you see me shout, shouting the players' names. You want to know whether I really love football? Give me the opportunity to sleep. See the one I will choose. Give me the opportunity to go and eat, you know, a nice sandwich downstairs. See the one I will choose. Then tell me that Sadhu Savaraj is prophesying on another channel. The speed with which, <laughs> oh, my father in heaven. What am I going to say? You cannot tell what you really love until there's competition for time, for resources. You can't. You can't. If you are in prison, you, every, most prisoners love God. Have you noticed? Just join prison ministry. You will see. When you say, let us pray, everybody will bow. We have a Bible study. They will all come. What is that they doing with time? You want to know who really loves God? Take them out of prison. 
put them where there's everything competing for time. See how they structure their priorities to give time to certain things. That's when you know who really loves God and who doesn't. That's when you will know what you love, not the one you are doing when you are idle. It's when there's competition for your time. That is when you know what is more important to you. Priority. Priority. It's when you have to settle down and decide, I'll do this first. You know what is really important to you. So, like I said, I just want to drop that, all right? It's important for us to know. So that whether everybody go and check it, do I really love God or I don't? It's important because you can be, God can be filling up your idle time. And people see you in church all the time. They don't know it's idleness that's your problem. So, men not always to what? Pray and not to whine. You remember I was saying about that, okay? Because the natural tendency is to grumble. The natural tendency is to complain. Let me remind us again as Christians. We are, we are ruling for God. Yes, that's a good word. We are ruling for Him. What I'm going to say is this. For example, if things are scattered around, he says, I need you to arrange it. Say, but I don't have the power. I said, no, you do. The weapons of your warfare are mighty through God, not through going out to go and fight. When Moses wanted to liberate the people of Israel because he knew he was called to do that, his mother had taught him that, all right, while he was still in her house. So he, the seed had been sown in him. He wanted to use his power. Then God let him know that we don't walk by your power. So God took him away, waited till he was tired and weak and couldn't do it by himself. So he gave him one dead stick. Take that stick. Go there. Just say, thus says the Lord. Don't even raise your voice. Moses is not used to raise his voice. When you hear Aaron say, when you hear Moses, um, Pharaoh here, thus says the Lord. It's Aaron that said it. It's not Moses directly. It was Aaron. You know why? God said to him, Go. He said, I can't talk. He said, fine. I will make your brother your prophet. You'll be like God to him. You'll be like your prophet. So all Moses used to do is whisper to Aaron. That's it, the Lord. Let my people go. Aaron would say, Thus says the Lord. Let my people go. Moses did not have to exert energy. He was, that is, he was very meek. That meekness was not out of, uh, you know, meekness is good. It's tiredness. When you have won your energy, you know, when you are old, you realize that it doesn't work. When I was young, we used to fight. Now I don't need to fight again. That's what Moses, Moses was saying. But even though I'm not fighting, if I do like this to the sky, hail will come down. If I carry dust, I'm throw it like this. That's it. Insects will swarm all over your land. If I take my rod, I'm not talking, no, and touch the water. It will divide. Or first, it will, it will turn to red into blood. If I raise it over the Red Sea overnight, you know what happened? It will part. Now, so that was where his power now was to be found. It was no longer in his own human strength. So when he said to God, I don't have strength in myself. So I can't change things around. He said, No, you are making the mistake. You have strength somewhere. I said, You ought to pray. And remember, you pray once does not mean it will work dramatically. That's why he warned ahead, don't get tired. We said it before, life is a battle of attrition, you know. Who will wear out first? 
Satan is pushing and pushing. If we get tired of praying, uttering the right words, and doing the right things, we will lose, not because we don't have the power, but because we decide to give up first. That staying power is one of the marks of Christianity. That, let me put it like this, victorious Christianity. The Christian that will win must learn patience. What is patience? Learn what is right to do. And do it whether it gets results or it doesn't get results. If it is the right thing to do, just continue doing it. If praying is right, continue praying. Listen, life, eh, we have been, that resolve to stay is being tested all the time. It's been tested. It's been tested. If you know what is right to do, do it, even though it doesn't get results. What we call results, so what human beings call results. Because with God, it always gets the results. What God is checking, all right? He said, Paul, now Paul was speaking, he said, I planted Apollo's water. God gave the increase. God is checking, will you continue planting? Will you continue watering? Because he's the one that gives what? The increase. So whether it gets so-called results or not, God is checking whether you are winning by refusing to give up. So we are praying, then what has changed? You know, Christians will now join foolishness. And say, look, did they pray in Japan before their country developed? How much prayers did Russians say? Go to Dubai, thank you. Are they not all Muslims? Is it prayer that develops a country? As if developing a country is the reason why we are alive. People, you know, when we are very fleshly, we start uttering certain statements. Let me tell you the truth. It's Bible, not, I'm not telling you any revelation. Before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, it was a beautiful place. That is today, they had, now here is modern stuff. Constant power, good roads, water, skyscrapers everywhere, good healthcare system. Meanwhile, the Lord was on the way, talking to one nomad. I hope you know Abraham was living in tents. Abraham was living in the open. And the Lord stopped in the house of Abraham to decide the fate of a developed city. Sometimes Christians will talk, eh? you just know that we, are very, we have become carnal. We think good road is heaven. And I say, just pray. Listen. Abraham was a prayer warrior in quote. <laughs> but his land was not developed. He was living in the desert. He was living in tents. He had been to a good land before. Where he came out from was a civilized society. But God took him out from there and put him in the desert. So to speak, in the wilderness. And he was deciding the fate of developed cities. So please stop saying things like, uh, they pray in Japan as if development is what your life is about. This life will soon come to an end. Then you now know who prayed and who did not pray. Say, so what prayer did Mark Zuckerberg say before he built Facebook? As if Mark Zuckerberg built Facebook. He did not. He said, who did? Go and ask Nebuchadnezzar, he will tell you. The day he said, look at Babylon. I built Babylon. God said, who did Chris were here? I hope you are getting my point here. See, let's not be like the world. We ought to pray. You will not get tired of praying. 
Many times Christians get tired of praying because it's not producing the kind of results they expect. So they start adding other things to it. What we need now is for Christians to join politics. That's not what we need. What we need is to pray some more. Shouldn't Christians join politics? They should, but that's not the solution to national problems. Please, again, I'm digressing. But you know that's my job. Digress here and there and bring understanding to the people of God. Okay? When you want to analyze the situation of a nation, don't get carried away with uh, what it did do, what it did not do. That is, if they not develop the country, the country will be good. God said, no, it's not like that. If I don't bless you, you can gather, I will scatter. Have you heard that before? It is not human wisdom that develops a society. It's the blessing of God. Why he does it, you say, hey, but Solomon, yes, he, I, I don't know why he did it, but he put the blessing there. Sometimes so that it will stand in judgment against the people. Like once the prince prophesied that God was very, he was preaching in America. He said God was very angry with America. He said why? He said because I have been good to them. And that was the source of the anger. God looked at the country and said, I have been good to these people. Look at how they are paying me back. Sometimes I hear Christians say, look, what we need is, you know, what we need is rotational presidency. We need this, we need that. When we do that, you now find when they finish arranging this, then the country will be able to move forward. If you're a Christian, stop believing that nonsense. Those things, they are good if they are properly planned, but they don't guarantee anything. Why? Because God said, you can gather, but I will scatter. So if God does not pour a blessing, arrange from now till tomorrow. I've seen people who went into government, good heart with everything. When they finished, they made up their mind something's wrong somewhere. That this is that this problem is spiritual. That this problem has to be spiritual. There has to be something spiritual pushing this society backwards. What I'm trying to explain. That's why Christians don't get tired of praying. And they never join the world to say, that's not what we need now. What we need is action. Once you say that, you have become like Moses about to enter the wilderness. Forty years you have fun tending sheep. Until God weakens you, until you say, guys, let us pray. God say, fine, now you get the point. <laughs> we ought always to what? Pray. About every situation. Including the gutter in front of your you no, know, your, your street, that is on the road, your, on your street, is a cause for prayer. Seriously. The dust is too much because of the season. You can pray and it will calm down. We ought to always what? Pray. You see everybody opening churches, in quote, Babala was wearing suits, we can complain about it, but we can also what? Pray. What kind of prayer? That kind of situation. <laughs> it's very simple. Arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be what? Scattered. Let everyone who uses the name of the Lord in merchandise be denied his platform. It's a righteous prayer. Two words, three words. We utter those words. Instead of complaining, I say, see, in this country, we just have the, everybody's a long time himself. 
Everybody's opening church. What they need now in this country is to start regulating the churches. You know, people actually say, and some Christians will actually agree. So, who will now regulate who can preach? He said, at least you come with a BA in theology. Hey, Father, obviously you don't know anything. Because there are many people in theological schools who don't believe in God. Then they will get a government license to preach. (laughs) People like me won't get it because I don't have a BA in theology. And you hear Christians utter such statements. Jesus said, we ought to always do what? Pray. Let's not forget, there is a how to pray again. That's what we meet here regularly to discuss. There is a how to pray. They came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray, they were saying. So we need to learn how. We need to make that how that we have learned a habit. I was thinking about it again this morning. My children and I were praying. And it dawned on me. I said, my children don't know how to pray against enemies. All the enemies fighting me die by fire. They think it's acting. Do you understand my point? That is a joke. Like once there's one big man of God, I'm not mention his name. Somebody told him something. He said, it's a lie. He said, it's true. So I said, hey, die by fire, you know. <laughs> and all of us there, we scattered with laughter. That's what my children think die by fire is. Yeah, people will gather every day. My father, my father. My father, my maker. As I begin to pray, every power, fighting my destiny, die by fire. That is not Christian prayer. There is a how to pray. There's what the Bible calls acceptable words. There are words you don't take to God in prayer. You have to be careful that words of pride, words of arrogance, don't come with you. I have done this, therefore you will do this one. If you say that to the Lord, you have missed it. You will get nothing. There are words you don't use. Thank you, Lord, like I'm not like other people. I fast twice a day. I pay tithes of all that I get. You say all of those things, you will not be justified. There are words we don't use in prayer. Like we said last time, pride is believing that you are right, they are wrong. <laughs> Any word that appears like a word of pride must not follow you in prayer. The words you use in prayer must be words of mercy. That is asking God for his mercy. Not to tell him that you have done everything. So it is not, the ball is now in his court. We have given, now you will multiply. No, we go to prayer and we ask in the name of Jesus. What does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus again? It means we have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. That's what we declare anytime we want to start praying here. We say we come only because of the mercy that we have in Christ Jesus. Those are the right words to use in prayer. And we make them a habit. That's what we are doing. Alright, the Lord is good. I'm just revealing what this is all about for us to bear the mind. Jesus said in that in Luke chapter 18, men ought always to pray and not get tired and not be discouraged. So we say one, there will be reasons to be discouraged. We must not fall for that. Two, our prayers must be important, otherwise he wouldn't lay 
that kind of emphasis. Now, what I want to share with us briefly today, then we'll now take that into prayer. Last night we were talking about pride, removing pride out of our lives. It's a new year. People have, of course, culturally we start switching. You know, we need, we, we take it as a new season. We want things to be different in our lives. And we've said, listen, the outside for us believers reflect what is going on inside us. If we want to change outside, we change our inside. And the outside will respond naturally. How do you change your inside? The thoughts you have. You understand? The ideas you have about life. In fact, what I want to share today briefly, I gave it the name, the power of alignment. Alright? Power of alignment. What we want to do is to align ourselves. And we are going to pray to align ourselves. And that's one of the things we do with prayer. To align ourselves with the Lord. Let me put it like that. You know, God says something, Isaiah chapter 55, which we all know. Let's just read it briefly. Some people misunderstand that. Actually, I thought everybody understood it until I led a prayer or I wrote a Bible study once. And we're discussing. And people were supposed to ask questions in this study. It was a kind of discussion. And somebody said that God has said his ways are higher than ours. That means his will can never be known. I said, yeah. That's not what he was saying. That here, he was rebuking people. He was not celebrating his own, you know, glory. He was not celebrating his greatness as in saying, my ways are higher than yours. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6, he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Please follow that. And the unrighteous man should forsake his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God said, the current situation is verse 8. The wickedness in your heart is manifested like this. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. It's in context that if forsake these thoughts, forsake these ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and your thoughts, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me stop reading here. What God was saying was a rebuke. He was not describing the greatness of his ways as against, in comparison with the inferiority of the ways of man being what they are, mere men. He was saying that I have set a way by which you should walk, but you are not walking in that way. I have set an order that you should follow, but you are not following that order. So he said, now this was a rebuke. This is what he calls wickedness. When people hold on to their own thoughts, when they hold on to their own ideas, and they are not learning the ideas of God, he calls that wickedness. He said, let the wicked forsake his way, and the Lord will be able to have compassion on such a one. Now what we are doing as believers, and that's the thing we must understand about prayer, Prayer is working on us first. That's the first thing prayer does. Prayer works on us first. Let's never forget that. Prayer does not work outside there first. It works on us first. We are the primary assignment that prayer is executing. If I may use that expression. It's changing us. Many times, you know, in life, we focus prayer outward so much, we don't start from where it is supposed to start. Life responds outwardly, alright, to what we are like inwardly. It's very important for us Christians to get it. That's what I'm talking about, the power of alignment, alright? 
now, do we read just now? Okay, Isaiah chapter 40. No, we won't read it now. Okay, let's just quickly go there. Go there. So here we read Isaiah 55. God was saying, this is what the problem is. So what is the kind of solution that we should have for such a situation? Something like that is described in Isaiah chapter 40. He said, I'm starting from halfway down verse 3. A voice is calling, he was saying, Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. How do you do that? Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain, let it become a broad valley. What do you find automatically? Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, what is he saying here? Please bear it in mind. When God wants to bless, the problem oftentimes is that people are not aligned. The ways are not, their ways are not right. Their ways are inferior and it's in their hearts. Are you, I hope you're getting my point here. Last time we spoke about it, that pride is assuming that everything is right in your heart. Pride is assuming that everything that is wrong is wrong outside. It's not your business. You are, you are, you are very much in order. That is what pride is. Pride is that I have done everything. You know, <laughs> um, if you remember the story of um, tele, uh, mobile telephony in, uh, in the world, when I was, in, of course, when mobile phones became very you know, popular, became standard everywhere, Nokia was leading. Nokia was the leader. There were all kinds of Nokias. Nokia Touchlight. Is it 1110? Remember that one? It was everywhere. They sold that thing in millions and millions. They kept selling that. And they had the high-end Nokias. The Nokias like um, um, Communicator, you know. And they had the E-Series, all kinds of things. So that's how it was. Nokia was the king. And then, of course, Samsung and Motorola were always struggling for who be number two. Motorola was an established number two for a long time. Then Samsung gave them a run for their money. And you understand? Then one day, of course, and there was this group of people calling themselves Blackberry, if you remember them. They came in with their push email and their Blackberry messenger. And people would go and pray, Father. Father would say, what can I do for you? Can I have a Blackberry? So Blackberry controlled the corporate world and the fizzy world. Of course, things began to develop. One day, one guy showed up Steve Jobs was looking for anything to make Apple great. Came out with that iPhone. And the Nokia people made a statement. That's why I'm talking about it. That they controlled the direction of mobile telephone in the world. There was no need to worry. iPhone came out. <laughs> Samsung began to follow iPhone. Let's make a long story short. Everything started changing. Started changing. Then Google acquired one small company making Android. And Google launched Android big time. Then God gave technology to the Chinese. They made smartphones cheap. Androids everywhere. Then before we know what's happening, Nokia looked to the left and the right, and there was no Nokia again. Blackberry, it looked like this, looked like this. The moment WhatsApp was released, Blackberry died. The moment was I showed up, that Blackberry messenger, ping me, ping you, go. <laughs> ping who? That's not the gist. The gist was that 
Blackberry didn't know what happened to them. Either Blackberry or Nokia said, we did everything we're supposed to do. They don't know what happened. I said, foolish people. There I read it. I said, this is the height of hubris. God proved to you that you don't know something. You are still beating your chest that you did everything that was supposed to be done. Well, that you know. Those of us who are not even experts, looking from afar, we could see where you were getting it wrong. But those guys insisted that they did what was right. Because they been insisting there. Now, if you buy a Nokia, it's not made by Nokia. People, the name Nokia is now being sold and resold. Who wants to buy a Nokia? They give paper. Sign here. Your, Nokia is now your own. Then you go and do anything you like with it. In just a few years, phew, they're gone. But what I'm telling their story again was, was what their executives said. Both in um, Nokia and Blackberry. I said, these people don't get it. They don't get it. Till they died, they were still insisting they did what was right. I said, Habba. God said, how else will I talk to you? Now, let me say something to you as human beings. Sometimes you think you are doing what is right. And really, the doing, the truth is that the doing is not the issue. It's the thinking. What I'm trying to say is that God may say, your thoughts are wrong. The way you are thinking is wrong. I don't want to start doing business analysis here because I don't like my message. Some people are not listening to it. They want to now sit on the business, start criticizing and disagree on the business thing. Let's sit on the spiritual thing. God may just say things like, when you want to do business, what you put in front is not what's supposed to be there. And once your thoughts are wrong, your ways will be wrong. Did you hear what I said? Once your thoughts are wrong, your ways will be wrong. And once your ways are wrong, the results in your life will be wrong. Many people are going to seminars, going to learn how to, how to do this, how to do that. God said, no, go and learn how to think. Just shift the direction of your thoughts. Let's give an example, the one I use here a lot of times. He said, Lord, I said the first business did not work. Second business did not work. Third business did not work. Somebody said, did you tight regularly on the proceeds of that business? He said, yeah. Devorah. The Lord sent Devorah after you, which is a lie. But let's just assume that you did preach to you like that. You believe you start tithing regularly. <clears throat> Six months later, you are back to where you started from. What's off now? They say, wait, 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 wait. The first prophet, what did you do with it? Did you eat it? Ah, that's where the problem was. If the first is holy, the rest will be holy. You ate holy thing. <laughs> Again, that practice is not Christianity, all right? That is not why your business went down, all right? There are people, they will try all kinds of things. And God is saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this boy doesn't get it, this girl doesn't get it. The problem is that any business you want to do, you're always looking for money. How you will make money. And money is in front. Whatever, whatever is in front is where God is not. You say, is that not why we do business? God said, go and learn why would they do business. So, maybe you stumble to where somebody is preaching, like me, and I say to you, listen, first of all, business is not about money, first of all. It is first about, one, to be a blessing to somebody. You have a gift you need to exercise. It's not everything that requires your participation just because it makes money. Are you seeing what I'm saying? All you are doing, you are just changing the way you think. You are changing the way you think. 
God says, listen, start thinking like this. How can I be a blessing to people? I said all about this yesterday, and I was thanking God for teaching me that thing again. I was just thanking him again. That listen, in life, never put money in front when you have to make business decisions. It must never be number one. There are things you will walk away from, even though they are making money, simply because you can't see how you are helping anybody. You can't see what you will contribute to life. So you do it, you give me money. I say, so? After he has given me money, what story will I tell to other people to learn from? I was thinking about it again yesterday. One thing that God has taught me over time, say, when you want money, ask me for it. You want it? Ask. Then go out and do what is right. Do what you are supposed to do. Don't worry how I'll arrange it. Sometimes, I will arrange it to come in through that which you are doing. Sometimes I open unusual doors of favor for you. The story I like to use there is Mary Kay Ash. Mary Kay Ash started Mary Kay Cosmetics to make a point. Then when she made that point, she began to make money. What most people did not know is that most of the money she had did not come from selling cosmetics. Many did not know that she had concerns in all kinds of businesses, including oil. And when I read her story, you can't outgive God. I love telling that story. Such a beautiful story. Her pastor said, please help us motivate people to give money towards the church building. They had a, a children's church they were building. So she said, she tried to dodge, but she couldn't. So that money she was getting ready, a thought dropped in her mind very strongly. She said, people who say they hear God, I think that's the only time I ever heard him like that. And that thought said, offer to double anything they will give today. So she got to church, fumbled around with her words after a while. I said, look, let's get down to it. Anything you give today, I will double it. She thought that you will give me $10,000. Because usually on a good day, after much whining, the Lord will bless you today. As you give this money, you secure the destiny of your grandchildren. After all that one, nobody will read like $2,000, $5,000. Make a long story short. She expected that maybe they get $10,000 for the motivation. They got $106,000, which she had to double, and she had to double it immediately. And she did not have that amount of money. So she said, okay, I'll go to the bank and borrow. People say, should I borrow to give? It is acceptable according to what the man has. You know what I always say? You do borrow to buy your car. If the answer is yes, then you can borrow to give. Did you go to Federal Mortgage Bank to borrow money to build your house? The answer is yes, then you can also go to Federal Spiritual Bank and borrow money to give. Whatever you do to take care of yourself, you can do it to take care of something else. Stop hiding behind. I can't borrow to give when it is time to give. But you can borrow to buy clothes. You buy perfume, you pay for three months. By the way, if you bought perfume and you're paying for three months, may it smell like shit. <laughs> On your body, anytime you spray it, now fly will they follow you. Say amen. amen. Apostle, say amen for amen. me. Thank you. The rest of them are afraid to say amen. How can you be praying for perfume for three months? What is it? Ah. Is it a sweet smelling savour unto God? If that's what you want, slaughter a ram and burn it. God prefers that. <laughs> Could they spend money in some very, very satanic ways? <laughs> Perfume, three months. Perfume. I no go buy love in there. 
Il ne va pas finir. Il est très fort, il fait nonsense. Le Lord est bon. Maintenant, il dit, je ne peux pas vous donner. Il a acheté le perfume. En trois mois, il a encore payé. Three months after you bought a shirt, you are still paying small, small. I command you, in the name of Jesus, take that shirt and give it as an offering. It's not your size. Remove that shirt, dry clean it, roll it. Next time you go to church, Abraham's blessings are my, just put it inside. So why are you giving a shirt? It's called repentance of my sins. We digress here and there to say some things. So, the woman said, She's determined to go and borrow. But you know what happened? Immediately before she goes, less than an hour, her phone rang again. And her son said, he was on the phone. He said, Mommy, why is it that everything you touch turns to gold? So what are you talking about? He said, remember that investment you made some time ago? Oh, yes. He said, well, we've hit oil now. And your share in the first month is over $100,000. That was the money she, has to, she had to give And God gave it to her. God planned it, knew that day will come. When the Lord was saying, offer to double whatever they give, he knew he was sending money. So I said to Christians, don't worry. Anything you want, ask God for it. Stop chasing every business because this was what Lagbaja did. He became rich. Temedo did this one. He became rich. You understand my point? Some people, are, they are always booking time in the studio, singing. <laughs> And then they are singing. They are thinking of whiskey. So, some people are there singing all the time. God is just watching them. He said, go to your office. Go and walk. If it's money you are looking for, pray. I will give you this thing. This is why you don't go come up for studio. You have said, you have said two-faced before thee, and you shall be moved. So, God just changes your thoughts. Little alignment of thoughts. And gradually, gradually your life begins to take a new shape, new direction. I hope you're getting my point here. So what prayer is doing is aligning us. That's what I'm talking about here. Alignment, spiritual alignment. That's what changes our lives. It's not just changing things, how we do things. It's internal rearrangement. There's a way, you know, I saw one, the other day I was giving a lecture to students. And I made a joke. There was a way one young lady there, she reacted. And I said, God in heaven, all the men that want to marry shouldn't come near this girl. Because they, they, that is, I could see the fight. I actually asked her, I said, are you married? She said, no. And the no self was with vex. Huh? And I was like, So who are, who are you angry with? Say nobody. I said no. That's why I asked. You, yeah, you are angry. It was a joke I just cracked. You know, okay. Actually, what happened was that another lady in the class said something to one of the guys. And I said, hey, stop talking like that. Be nice. I mean, can't you just be nice? I said, when you see a man, you should be nice to a man. That's how you get a good husband. I didn't talk to this one. I was talking to somebody else. He said, the man that wants respect should respect himself. Ah. If you if you love seeing her face, I have to say, wait, 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 wait. I just said, I just put it at her finger. I said, Are you mine? She said, No. I said, You don't, don't carry face, goes one side. 
said, no, I'm not angry. Oh, what am I angry about? Ah. I said, is he your friend's husband? He said, no. Your boyfriend? No, sir. Hi. I looked at the guy and said, oh, more. Well, I do. <laughs> I could see, that is, you see the, no. look, listen. Truth is, a lot of people are bitter. Let me just quickly drop it for you here. Some people are bitter is against their father. It's a man who did something to them some time ago. Some people are bitter is against their mother. Listen, it is ruining your life. Ed Cole said, how do you spell release? It's F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N-E-S-S. So that's how you spell release. Forgiveness. Some people, generational, in quote, curses are following them. Simply because they are angry. Jesus has delivered them. But the, they are still angry. You know, the, one of the ones that make me laugh, some stupid boys are angry their father is not rich. I'm not joking. I have to call them stupid boys because it's such a stupid idea. They are still angry. What was my father doing when his friends were making money? Okay, his own father did not do it, right? And you expected him to do it. Okay, your own father did not do it. You do it now. There's a Yoruba proverb like that. That the child who complained that his father was not rich, his father did not have money. He says, it's your turn now. You say, make the money now. If that's how easy it is, start. I'm not kidding. Do you know there are people like that? They are angry. They are angry. You don't know why they are always, their father, anytime he call, they disagree, if they go home, if the man says that, I think we should repaint this building. Why? What's wrong with it the way it is? You see, always antagonizing the man. Do you know why? They are angry. I want to repaint this rubbish building. Eh? My cousin down the road, look at his father's house. Three times this size. I want to repaint this building we should be breaking down. What I'm saying is not a joke. We may be laughing. There are people that are in bondage because of that. We're talking about alignment. What prayer is doing for us is actually changing us you know, internally. Rearranging our thoughts. Like that young woman I was telling you about. I, I, I tried to talk to her. I said, okay, you need to calm down. Whatever is annoying you, I told her. You have to let that thing go. No, nothing is annoying me. But you know, you could see it. Maybe I have too much understanding of life. But I could see it. Somebody has done this girl something terrible. Could be her father, I don't know. Somebody has done something that's hurting her deeply. Unfortunately, like Ed Cole taught us those days, it's going to ruin her future. It will. And sometimes people like that, you see, why are things not moving forward? They are sowing seeds. God has to have mercy on us, because if he deals with us according to the level of our iniquities, we pass us. <laughs> because sometimes we take advantage of such people. Instead of preaching the truth to them, is that their seed we want to collect? We have to collect that seed. We have to collect that seed. I've heard all kinds of things. When you want to break generational curses, you will take the heavy seed. Heavens will recognize and open. When Solomon gave a thousand bond offerings, God could not sleep again. God was tossing in his bed. He said, what am I smelling here? 
He said, God could not sleep. Did God tell you he was trying to sleep? He said, no, I must bless Solomon. Today you will do something dangerous. God said, listen. The other day, I was standing, I was counseling with a lady sometime, a few days ago, about a week ago or so. I, I started, I said, look, the Lord collects payment. I said, but not the way the Pentecostal preachers often tell you. It's not money. I described her situation. We are just finished talking. And I said, you see, in this case, it's demanding that you forgive this person. There were two people involved. As soon as I said it, her head dropped into her hand. Like, hmm. That is, God should have asked for money. I would have paid. That would have been easy. You should have said this January. He wants my whole January salary. That would have been easy. Well, forgive these two guys? No. Why would I do that? I said, sorry. That's the only payment he's willing to collect. I said, go and think about it. We'll talk again. Assuming I wanted to raise money, you know that's offering that I have lost. I should have just said you will... Put, and listen, let me, not, let, me, let me not go there. Let me not go there. So realignment, that's what our prayer is. Like I said, 2019 and 2020, it's just the same days continuing. The only thing that makes one day different from another, one year different from another, is when internal rearrangements are done. You can't do it by your strength. Even when you, because what God does is that, he says, who is it that fears the Lord? Him he will teach in the way that he should what? Choose. So first thing the Lord does is to give you a knowledge of the right thing to do. You know, sometimes I see people walk, I just say, hi, you can't be blessed like this. Just see the way they are living their lives. I say, you can't be blessed like this. Sometimes some people are not doing anything wicked. It's just the way they are romancing their own money. I look like this. You can't handle your own money like this and God will increase your tomorrow. It's not possible. You want to use every cobble you have to acquire, acquire, you know, acquire. You are measuring your success by whether you have bought a car, built a house. I say, Christian, you can't prosper like that. There's a degree of carelessness about tomorrow that Christianity demands. But you know the truth? Many people don't know. They don't know. So first thing God does is that he gives you instructions. Then you know what to do? You now take those instructions to prayer. Because sometimes, it has happened to me before. Just like the person I told I was counseling. And many times people hear it. What God wants you to do, you can't do it. Corrie Boone was going around preaching forgiveness until she saw a Nazi guard. And that one brought, that is, she was in a concentration camp but the family were rescuing Jews so they got into trouble with the Germans. I think she managed to survive. I don't know the details of the story. I've forgotten most of it now. But one day, from what I heard, unless I'm mistaken, she finished preaching, and the man came and said, oh, I was so blessed by your ministration. And he brought out his hand to shake her, shake her hand, and she recognized him. Wicked soul. It was a guard in the concentration camp where she was. And she looked at him. 
No, I'm not preaching forgiveness again. <laughs> that kind of thing. Of course, she didn't say that. But it was hard. It was painful. She had to pray, God help me. At such times, you can't lift that hand. God has to lift it for you. That's what prayer does. <laughs> the reference said the first miracle he experienced in his life was that they said, who wants to experience what you have just heard of? Maybe like, give your life to Christ. Put up your hand. And he was wearing military uniform. And there were a lot of old ladies around. The young man, soldier, came to church. He said, I can't put up my hand in front of these people. You know, British man, you know, English man. Feeling, you know, very prim and proper. No, you can't do anything like that. Then he looked. He saw his hand had gone up. He maintained till he died that I did not raise that hand up. So that was my, that he saw, ah, what are you doing? The hand went up. Ezekiel said, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. So we hear instructions, but we can't obey them ourselves. We go to where? Prayer. We take the words we have heard to prayer. And say, Lord, this is what you have said. I can't do it by my own strength. Help me. And it's not as if I have prayed now. No. As long as you are still disobeying that which you have heard, you have not finished praying. How do I know that? Jesus Christ. Time to go to the cross. He knew he was supposed to go there. There was no doubt. In fact, my understanding of it was that Elijah and Moses, they came to discuss that with him. Because after transfiguration began to tell stories of we will go here, we will go here. That was when Peter started fighting. So Elijah came. Moses, they said, Lord, this is what will happen next. It's time for you to start heading towards Jerusalem. And then you will not turn back. It's time to go to the cross. All of those, he heard, he knew. There was no doubt. But to show that he was also flesh. In reality. Who, go and watch The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson. If that thing was anything close to that, you will draw back small, like we say. You will draw back small. You will retreat a little bit. And so it wasn't strange that he did. I don't think that was the worst of it. I think being buried, knowing they're going to be buried as a sinner, something like that, it's not nice. You know what he did? He went and prayed until he had the strength to obey. That is how our lives change. Do you hear what I said? It's the instruction of the word will come. It will put a finger on where you are thinking wrongly. Don't argue. Ah! Argument is bad. You know, I'm like this because, you see, you have to understand, you know, but... There's one sister that does this. Very stubborn, can argue. So one day I took it upon myself to tell her, why are you, before they tell you something, they say that, you know, when you grow up in a family where everybody's always fighting. You see, once you grow at the age of 20, your, 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 what do you call it? Your excuses must come to an end. Still blaming your father. And I became like this because, you see, my father, you can, the first time, Fine, you've now identified it. After that, you are like that because you are stubborn. You don't want to change. 
You don't want God to help you. Otherwise, what you will have done is to get down on your knees and pray until you change. We like to pray all night until things outside change. But we don't want to pray all night until we change. You know? This man's story, which we, we like so much, Ben Carson, it's the best way to illustrate that. He didn't know how bad his anger problem was until he almost killed his friend. He took a knife and sank it into the boy's stomach. And God said, no, you won't go to prison. You won't kill somebody. And an angel made sure the boy wore a big belt that day with a big buckle. It was under his shirt. The buckle cut the knife. The boy was frightened. Like, what did I do to this, my friend? He ran away. Ben Carson too ran. He said, yeah. What am I doing? And that was the second time something like that was happening. First time was that he almost hit his mother. His mother annoyed him. He had raised his hand and was launching at his mom when his brother caught him from behind. His brother caught him. Second time, took a knife and stabbed. This one time around, he finished the movement. He just got that said no. Blocked it. Listen, I know one story. I met a lawyer once in Shagam. We went there for something, my chief and I. And one, a, a state prosecutor. One case he was prosecuting at that time was of a, a mechanic of organizer. What a small quarrel with, you know, one is a mechanic, one is an organizer. They just had a quarrel, you know, maybe, why were you working on the car that I was supposed to, you know, something like that. They separated them. That guy took a bottle, broke it, and sank into the other guy's neck. After that, his eyes cleared. He was in prison every day, wondering what happened to him. What was I thinking? That's why Jesus said, pray like this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What he said is, deliver us from doing evil. Many people who've done evil, they didn't plan it. Evil did them. Are you getting what I just fit. If, go and read I was wrong by Jim Baker. It's an old man now. This thing happened in the 80s. The girl... Jessica Han, that ruined Jim Baker's life. Jim Baker, after sleeping with the woman, could, I'm sure he could not recognize her. One foolish man was the one that arranged the whole arrangement and got killed down with meningitis shortly after. When Jesus said, pray, pray, pray. Don't think I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't need to pray. <laughs> Jesus, that you are righteousness or something in him. He said, pray. <laughs> you know, sometimes I hear Christians... Bring up some doctrines. You wonder that, is your head correct? The one I heard that, no, a Christian can never depart from Christ. I said, but Jesus said, but some departed. <laughs> they said, no. Once you are saved, you can never deny Christ. I said, no, no, no. But he said that they did. You know, I, I've been there. You, you, you pray all kinds of things. No, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm the spirit of God. Me, 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 Prince God. You know, be speaking all kinds of stupid when you go like this, Jesus said, pray. Deliver us from evil. I pray to hey, me, I pray it. Just in obedience to the Lord. I teach my children to pray it. Today as we are going along, we walk in righteousness by your grace. 
We will do what we are supposed to do. We will do what is right. We will not do what is wrong. We ask you for grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Ben Carson went in to pray and did not come out until God had touched him. He became so gentle, it became a nickname. Gentle Ben. It was not his strength, it was God. It was not his strength, it was God. He became so gentle. Americans, where they are so sensitive to racism, it doesn't bother him. If you treat him one kind because he's black, he thinks you are foolish. <laughs> I'm black. You're foolish. That's all. And that's it for him. So the first day he reported as a resident in neurosurgery, one woman looked at him and said, um, oh, you came to carry the patient. I thought it was, a, it was a porter or an orderly. So he smiled. A white woman. And said, no, I'm Dr. Carson. I'm the new resident here. The woman wanted to fall down. You know the way Yugoma woman would do? She turned red, purple, green, yellow. He was not the one calming her down. And he explained, you know the truth? He said, I explained that you guys, look, no need to get angry with people like that. He said, think about it. How many neurosurgery residents that are black has she ever seen? That don't, no need to get angry. He said, look, after that she became his loyal, that is loyalty. <laughs> The woman was paying for that blunder all the rest of her life. Treated him so nicely. She was so loyal to him. Treated him so nicely. But he didn't take offense. Why? Because one day he went into the closet and said, God, deliver me or I die. That's what I mean by alignment. Listen. Let's speak it. One, you need to realign your heart, your thoughts, in the way you are thinking about your environment. Blaming everybody, blaming the country. People are just angry. You need to realign. You need to realign your mind, your thoughts concerning what you call doing business. You need to realign your thoughts concerning your life. What is your goal, your purpose in life? Many times people are making decisions. I just shake my head. I said, this fellow is not thinking like somebody who has to appear one day before the judgment seat of Christ. How many of us think like that? I'm about to leave Enugu for Lagos or Abakliki for Ugeb, Abi? Uh, Israel, where's that your place? I'm about to move from here to here. Do, you, do we even bother to pray and say, Lord, wait, is there an assignment I'm supposed to do where I am? Have I finished it? Is it time to move? Or, God, the money is good. I'll send you your portion. Some say that the money is good, Lord, we'll send you your portion. That's how some people reason. They don't realize that one day they are going to stand and give account. They will be held responsible. You know, we are held responsible for things. God said to the prophet, if a man is sinning and is, I tell you to go and tell him to repent. You don't tell him he dies in his sin. I will, I will ask you. Yes, I will ask you. The man is dead in his sins. I will ask you to give account for his blood. Within those things are jokes. They're not jokes. There are people that will be held responsible for some certain kinds of decadence in the society. We need to rearrange our brains in that area to think with purpose. The way you spend your money. Some people are still bribing God. All their offerings are iniquity. You know what they call iniquity? Once they give an offering, God will tell one angel, remove that thing. 
As you finish dancing past it, you fall back in your pocket. You say, oh, God is good. Very faithful God. He has multiplied it back. Because I refuse to collect it. I gave it back. <laughs> I'm not multiplying it. This is bribe money. I don't take bribes. We need to change. 99% of problems between husband and wife can be solved by both of them. Just change the way they understand their relationship. 99% of problems. And then when we pray, pray, break to, break to, break to in this area, God says, there's no problem. Just change the way you think. That will affect the way you talk and behave. And you will see miracles. The good God just said, look, just change it. I know you love your mother, but just know that your mother is not your wife. Your wife is superior to your mother in this relationship. Don't do anything. Just believe it. It will affect the way you live after that. And like I always tell women, the husband is not your boyfriend. Don't believe that lie. They tell you, say, you know, you know, you're not made from his feet. So he can't walk over you. So you know, wait, wait for his head. So don't try and sit on his head. What's that one? You're made from his ribs. The two of you are equal. Worldliness. Have you ever seen a boat that doesn't have one person as captain? Say, so we are co-captains with the Lord. <laughs> Rubbish and nonsense. So women, when they are talking, they don't know whether they are talking to their son or their, not even husbands, maybe not their boyfriend. Say, no, this guy is not a boyfriend. What is he? Husband. It's an office. An anointed office. That you have a duty to provoke the anointed. Do you know that? Little thoughts. Because they realign. Realign in how you spend your time. Some people go and say, between now and March, no Facebook. Realignment. I didn't say it to be easy. Some people were born in Facebook generation. They've never wake up. The first they do is how many likes, how many dislikes. Mark Zuckerberg is getting richer on their time. Every time you click, Mark knows. Mark knows she don't wake up. <laughs> Send her one advert. Many times, you are, as each time you touch that phone, Mark is getting small money. And you, your time is being wasted. Master, master forwarder. Every rubbish they, they say, now you go forward. CNN, be the first to know. Because <laughs> they realign, realign. We're talking about realignment. Many times we have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. God said, I have heard, I have heard. Just realign so that the blessings can flow. Let's try to have a time to pray. The prayer is to realign. That's what the prayer is about. To realign. It is time to realign our brains, our hearts, the way we reason, the way we think. It's time to realign. It's time to realign. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks. And just say, Lord, make me into who I'm supposed to be. Because we say it's by the grace of God. It's not by our strength. It's by the grace of God. Many of the things that we are saying, we may have had knowledge for it, of them, but to do them is another issue. So the Bible says, let's draw near to the throne of grace so we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in that time of need. That time of need is the time to obey. It's not the time I need money, no. 
It means when it's, it, it is time to obey a word that is hard for me to obey. When my name is Jesus Christ and I'm supposed to go to the cross, but the cross appears hard, then I go and pray until strength from heaven comes so that I can go to the cross. That's what we pray. That's what we pray. That's what we pray for. Let's pray this evening. Say, Lord, realign me in every area. Point to me the areas in which I am mistaken. In which my thoughts are wrong. And realign me. In my thoughts about finances, realign me. That alignment is what we need. Listen, every generational curse in the life of Christians have been broken. That's a matter of fact. It's been broken. They've been broken. Generational curses exist, so I'm not saying they don't. But they've been broken as far as believers are concerned. But many times people use generational wrong thoughts. They take that one. But they don't want the generational curse. No, the curse has been joined to the thoughts. Food deliverance will manifest when you realign. When you align yourself properly with divine thoughts. Somebody here needs to realign concerning what you think about money. You think it too important. That's why God said you will not have enough of it. He that loves money will not have enough of it. There are two ways to interpret that scripture. One is as whatever he has will not be enough. Two, God says no, you will not have enough. You will keep on looking for more. Say, Lord, concerning how I think about money, realign me today. Help me to understand that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Help me to know that a man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. Realign me. True Christians, our prayers focus first on ourselves so that we can be effective intercessors, we can be effective workers for God. So that we can be effective intercessors and effective workers for God. Not every time, what shall I eat, what shall I drink, and we'll make it major prayer points. No. No, it is that, Lord, let me have, you know, the mind of Christ in all that I do. Help me, Lord, to have the mind of Christ in all that I do. That prayer of the Lord Jesus is important in everything we do in life. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's so important. We say to him, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Concerning my marriage, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Concerning my ministry, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Concerning the job I am doing, nevertheless, not my will, but yours, Lord, be done. Concerning my, how I spend my money, not my will, but yours be done. Concerning the anger and bitterness that is inside me, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Realignment. In every aspect of life. Pray this evening for yourself. The Holy Spirit is here and is speaking, you know, in each person's life. The areas you need to make corrections. Like we prayed last week, that which I see not, teach thou me. 
It's the same thing basically we are praying again because we have not prayed it enough. Let the life of Christ be manifested, Lord, in me, in every area. Paul said life has different areas. In some areas people have wrong thoughts. In some areas they have the right thoughts. But God wants every area to be subjected to the knowledge of the truth of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I yield every aspect of my life to you. Paul said, if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you. Say, Lord, every area where I have a different attitude, reveal that to me. Realign me in that area. Align me correctly. Align me correctly. So that your glory can flow easily into my life, into my environment. The principles by which you do business, say, Lord, align me to the truth. That thing Banky was saying just now, <laughs> how can one not be putting money in first when we are doing business? Just, just pray. Say, Lord, align me to that truth. I don't know how it works, but help me to understand it. Help me to walk by it. How you relate with your workers. Say, Lord, how would Jesus do it? Align me to that thought. How you relate with your boss? There's a word that the Lord has given. How you relate with your nation? There are people that are just that is they are so stubborn about it. They will never pray for this head of state. They've made up their minds is the problem. But you have to be aligned to the truth of God. Why do you regard man whose breath is in his nostrils? In that area, you're wrong. You can't be regarding a man as a cause of the, of the problems. Elihu said, we read it last time, why don't you say, where is God my maker? Say, Lord, align me in that area. In how I relate with me, the, the government of my nation, in praying for the nation. Even how you relate with your children. Say, Lord, align me. Let's continue to pray and in that line and say, Lord, realign me. In every year of my life, uh, in ministry, maybe you're into ministry, yeah, you're a pastor, you're a pastor's wife, you're an evangelist, irrespective of the ministry that God has committed into your hands, pray and say, Lord, help me to think like you. Realign my thoughts in every area of life. As a student, you need to pray that prayer also. Pray. As a businessman, a businesswoman, we're praying. We're praying for ourselves. Some of us have very wrong thoughts concerning ministry, wrong thoughts concerning the place we walk. But we are praying and asking the Lord today to help us to think like Him, to think like Him, to think His thoughts in every area of our lives. Brethren, we are praying. We are praying, and it's serious. And it's serious. You know, take your time. You're on your own this evening. You're praying for yourself. You're praying for yourself. Let us pray. Continue to pray. And say, Lord, help me to think like you. Areas where I've been thinking wrongly, where my thoughts have not been aligned with yours. Where my thoughts have not been aligned with yours. Lord, purge me of every evil thought in the name of Jesus. Pray. Purge me of every evil thought. What is an evil thought? Any thought that is not aligned with the Lord is an evil thought. They will pray and say, Lord, every thought that is not of you, every evil thought, every evil thought, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, the psalmist said, say, let it be acceptable by you. 
Lord, any thought that is not acceptable in your sight, every evil thought, Lord, purge me of such thoughts. Brethren, pray. Brethren, pray. We have heard that once the thought is wrong, the actions definitely will be wrong. And the result cannot be changed. Pray. Brethren, pray. And say, Lord, we open ourselves to you this evening. And we truly want you to start changing us. Like the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the New Living Translation. It says, let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what it says. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the New Living Translation. Say, Lord, change me into a new person by changing my thought pattern. By changing my thought pattern. Pray. Pray. I don't know where, where you got that thought pattern from. But Lord, wherever we got it from, if it is not in line with your will, change us, Lord. Change our thought pattern. Change our thought patterns. Let our thought patterns conform with yours. Let it conform with yours. It is not, this is how they do it in my village, in our tradition. This is how they treat women. It's evil. Lord, we believe in yours and you have said to us, love your wife. And we choose to follow that thought pattern as husbands. And the Bible has said to wives, be submissive. Lord, we choose as wives to align our thought pattern with that. Brethren, pray. Brethren, pray. Brethren, pray. Oh, any evil thoughts. Any evil thoughts. Any evil thoughts. Maybe we have a thought pattern of making progress. We have a thought pattern of promotion. When we understand that promotion comes from the Lord. But we are scheming like Jacob. Because we have been taught wrongly. Let's pray and say, Lord, help us to believe that indeed promotion comes from you. Elevation comes from you. Lifting comes from you. Help us to have that thought pattern. So that we'll be faithful. What you require of us, the Bible says, it is required for a steward to be faithful. What you require of us is to be faithful. Therefore, I pray, Lord, let my thought pattern as a worker be that of faithfulness. Yes, pray that prayer. Say, Lord, let my thought pattern, let it be faithfulness. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 19. And we'll read verse 3. Quickly. Quickly. We have come to pray and we'll pray. And I'd like you to know that as you're praying from your heart, God is listening to you. And definitely he will answer us. I say he will answer us in the name of Jesus. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 3. Shall we read together if you are there? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. 1, 2, 3, go. The foolishness of a man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Anybody in the New Living Translation? Please read. Let's hear. Proverbs 19, verse 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and they are angry at the Lord. But it's not the Lord that ruins their life. It's their own foolishness. Amen. It's not the Lord. The Lord is faithful to his word. The Lord is faithful to his word. Let us pray and say, Lord, in any way I'm acting foolishly. Because it will ruin the, li- it will ruin the, it will ruin the life of the person acting foolishly. It's a structure. Praise the Lord. Let us therefore pray. Say, Lord, in any way I'm acting foolishly. Lord, please reveal it to me. So that I will stop acting foolishly. Oh, can you pray that prayer? So, say, Lord, in any way I'm acting foolishly. And the foolishness could be right in your sight. In any way, I'm acting foolishly. 
And he's ruining my life. He's ruining my marriage. He's ruining my business. He's ruining my relationship with other people. Lord, reveal it to me in the name of Jesus. Brethren, can you pray? Pray, pray. Don't think your actions are wise. Pray that prayer. In any way, I am acting foolishly. And he's ruining my life. <laughs> Though I think I'm wise. Though I think my action is correct. But it's destroying my life. It's destroying my business. Destroying my ministry. Lord, my prayer today is that you reveal it to me. I do away with foolishness. I do away with foolishness. But then pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. In any way, I am acting foolishly. The Bible says it will ruin your life. And at the end of the day, people will now turn and be blaming the Lord. But it's not the Lord's fault. The Lord has set his ways before us and expects us to walk in that way. Brethren, pray. Say, Lord, in any way I'm acting foolishly. And it seems right in my sight. If foolishness seems right in my sight, Lord, reveal it to me. Lord, reveal it to me. And help me to deal with foolishness. In the name of Jesus, pray. Pray. Maybe it's the way I talk. That is making me look foolish before, the, before you. Is the way I, is the way I interact with people. I make promises that I can't keep. Foolishness. I can't say no. Foolishness. Pray and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Anyway, I am acting foolishly. I ask that you reveal it to me. I ask that you reveal it to me. In the name of Jesus. Anyway, I'm acting foolishly. Like Pastor was saying earlier. Maybe it's unforgiveness. That's a foolish way of living. Let's pray and say, Lord, in any way I am acting foolishly. Maybe I'm doing things to impress other people. I'm dressing to impress. Foolishness. I'm buying things to impress. Foolishness. I make commitments to impress. Foolishness. Let's pray. Lord, if there is foolishness in my heart, reveal it to me. It is from the heart. Brethren, pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray. We give you praise. We give you praise. Give the Lord thanks this evening. Just give him thanks. Thank him because again he has sent his word to us. He has sent his word to us. Changing the way we think. Aligning our thoughts with his thoughts. Give him praise. Can you give him thanks and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you because you are wise. Thank you because you are wise.